chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, you'll please stand in honor to the word of God. We'll read the first 12 verses, Matthew chapter 2. I guess if I were to entitle this message, I would entitle it A Wise Example. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod. When he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Father, I pray you'd use your word today to challenge our hearts. Father, help us recognize that we need to be wise in our testimony for you. Father, help us gain wisdom today from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we traverse afar. Field and mountain, more in mountain, following yonder star. O star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright. You say, Pastor, why don't you just uh, sing that for us? <laughs> Westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to that perfect light. Because for some reason, you can ask my wife, for some reason, I just can't memorize songs. I can't. I can memorize whole chapters in the Bible, but I can't memorize songs. If I started singing that, before long, those guys would have... You'd have a little drummer boy in there. You'd have maybe Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, all in We Three Kings of Orient I just make up words as I go along because I can't think of the words in the song. But we can all visualize in our mind's eye the three kings, uh, probably from, uh, from Christmas cards or from uh, maybe chalk drawings. We know that um, it's... They probably weren't three kings. They probably were more than three kings. Uh, but uh, they all—they they had three gifts, and the three gifts point to the three kings. 
And so we have this picture in our minds of these magi and these imposing potentates uh, riding their camels through the desert sands and ending up in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, they, did you notice in the Bible they were troubled? So probably it's more than just one, two, or three. I mean, probably more than three uh, if they're troubled. Uh, but, hey, I mean, big camels, big guys, lots of uh, uh, robes on and turbans in their head. And we uh, really don't know much about these mysterious men, uh, these stargazers. But we know that uh, they were probably philosophers from Persia, uh, from Babylon, uh, Babylonia. And in fact, um, we uh, see that um, they're coming from the east. Somebody asked me today, why are the wise men on the west side instead of the east side? You can put the wise men wherever you want because they weren't in the major scene. And uh, that's the only thing in the church you'll find that's heresy today, just uh, those three guys. But, but uh, yeah, we all have those pictures, you know, the wise men around the manger. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it makes for the, well, we have a Christmas tree over top that's really big over top of the baby Jesus in the little bitty manger scene, too. So, uh, yeah, you can put them any place you want. But they came to worship the king of kings. They came to give gifts to the king of kings. The wise men had become familiar with Jewish uh, prophecies and uh, there was probably the influence of Daniel, wouldn't you think? Uh, Daniel would have probably had a great influence on them. We see also Micah. Um, maybe uh, they didn't get to Micah, uh, but the uh, chief priests and uh, scribes, they knew about Micah. We see that uh, uh, here in this portion of Scripture, Micah chapter 5, verse number 2. Uh, but uh, Daniel in his writings, you know, Daniel was over the wise men. Uh, in his day. And so for many years, uh, the news around the world was that uh, there was going to be a king born in Judea, and that king was going to be the hope for all the world. Right, for all the world. Not only the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. 2,000 years before Christ's birth in Genesis chapter uh, 3, if you have your Bibles turned there, a lot of times folks look at this and say, what does this have to do with the, the Christmas story? Everybody always goes back to Genesis chapter 3. When well, Genesis chapter 3 and uh, verse number 15, God told Satan, and you've got to remember, God is talking to Satan here who is a serpent. And he says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shall bruise his heel. Talking about a Calvary. And then in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, when God told Abraham he would uh, have a, a make a great nation out of him. And then he added, uh, he added in uh, chapter uh 12, and you take your Bibles, and, and verse number uh, 3, he says, he added, and all families of the earth be blessed. And so it was the hope of these Gentile magi that this was the king that was being uh, brought forth from the prophecies, and that this would be the king Jesus, or the king uh, that would uh, uh, free them from their sin also. Through Abraham's tree, uh, Jesus was born, through Christ's Whosoever can have a personal relationship with Jehovah God. 
And so this was a great promise that they were looking forward to seeing. And although these wise men were Gentiles, they obviously had a, uh, an interest in the fulfillment of God's prophecies uh, and the uh, prophecy to Abraham because uh, they recognized that they were a part of this promise, which included, ready, all people. Isn't that great? All people. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad, people, that that's the way it is? Amen. It is so wonderful. John 4, 42, Christ, the Savior of the world, the last portion of that verse. These wise men, as I said, were mysterious. Uh, we don't know exactly where they came from. They came from the east. We don't know exactly how many. Uh, we don't know exactly when they arrived. We don't know uh, how they knew to follow the star. We do know when they did arrive in Jerusalem that it troubled the entire city. So it would seem like there was more than just three, maybe an entire caravan, as I mentioned before. We do know that they didn't make it to the manger scene. We do know they found Jesus in a house, verse number 11. We do know that they gave expensive gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh were expensive gifts. And we do know they were wise because they had faith to follow God's word, God's prophecies, to see Jesus, the King of the Jews. We do know even after worshiping Jesus and giving him gifts, that they did follow again God's word. Many times we just skip over verse number uh, 12, but look at it again. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, we see again they listen to the word of God and obey the word of God. So we do see uh, them uh, obeying the word of God. No matter who they were, they were wise because they obeyed the word of God. They came from uh, the east, they gave uh, their gifts, and we see that this gives us a wise example. I see the wise example because I see their faith, I see their follow-through, and I see how they favored Jesus, the gratitude they had for Jesus. First of all, faith. Faith is big, amen? Amen? How many believe faith is big? Amen. Yeah, faith is big. Think for a moment about the great faith these men had as they followed that star. A lot of people thought maybe they were kooks to follow a star. But they, they had faith in the prophecies they heard, and they had faith in the word that they heard from the word of God. And uh, this, was, this was great. They just had a glimpse of the prophecies. We see the prophecies. They just had a little peek at the prophecies. I'm sure they would have... Uh, been criticized, maybe even ridiculed for following a star, a star leading to a savior, the savior of the Jews, because many p people would not have added what they saw in the scripture, and that is, was that it was to all the world. Uh, as I look at this, many times uh, I, I think uh, of myself when I'm telling folks about uh, Jesus Christ and how he is going to rule the world again. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 9. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. 
For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Well, we know that, uh, the, uh, that the Lord Jesus Christ was, uh, uh, was uh, being uh, paraded through Jerusalem because they thought he was going to set his kingdom up at that time. Uh, before the crucifixion. But we know that that was not the kingdom he was talking about. He was talking about the kingdom of God in salvation, not the kingdom of God that would be set up uh, later, the millennial kingdom. But in verse number seven, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David, upon the kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You know, when you start talking to, to people about the Lord Jesus Christ coming again, they look at you going, oh, really? Really? You talk to them about the rapture. Oh, really? Yeah, Jesus is coming again, amen? Jesus is coming again. Just as he came the first time, he's going to come another time. He's going to come in the air, we see in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And then he's going to come down the earth at the battle of Armageddon. Then he's going to set up his thousand-year millennial reign. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. We have this great truth. But many times folks look at you like you're a wacko when you start telling them that Jesus is coming again. You ever had that look? When you talk to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ coming again, Pastor Jeff, sure, we've had it. But notice, if you would, please take your Bibles and let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And the Bible says in verse 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. And then you can go all the way through to verse 31. It's just a powerful portion of scripture. Well, let's go to chapter 2. Notice verse number 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse number 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Chapter 3. Notice verse 18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he that taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas uh, or the world, or life, or death, or the things present, or the things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God. Romans chapter 10, verse number 17. 
Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They were wise because they had faith, a faith that uh, was developed in reading the prophecies and reading the word of God and hearing the word of God. The word of God is so powerful. Psalm 119, verse number 25, my soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. Life. We have life through the word of God. How's your faith? Put your faith in God's word, the book. Recognize the truth of God's word. Hebrews 10, verse number 7. Listen carefully. Then said I, lo, I come. Prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. In the volume of the book, we learn from the book. And then the body came through Jesus Christ. Incarnate Christ came. Incarnate God came. We have the book and then we have the blood. Or, or the, the book and then we have the sacrifice, the body. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will, O God. The wise men, wiser than the royal religious smart men of Herod. The smart guys. Oh, they were smart. Oh, everybody looked up to these guys. They were the chief, didn't they? Not just regular priests. These were the chief priests. The palace smart guys knew the scripture. They even had Micah 5, 2 in their writings. They had it. And uh, yet, they didn't do anything with it because they didn't have faith in God's word. Think about it for just a second. How far were they from the baby Jesus? Ready? Aaron, five miles. Five miles, Brother Paul. Five miles, and they did nothing with it. Five miles. The Messiah was there. The smart guys knew he was there, or they had the prophecies, and they did nothing with it. The wise men put their faith in the word in the star guiding them to follow. John chapter 1, verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Oh, is that sad? He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Saturn. Then verse number 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ today? If you put your faith in God's word today, has the word of God made an impact on your life as you read about the gospel and about the Lord Jesus Christ coming to the world? I tell you what, the Christmas story would mean so much more to you if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Accept him today. If you haven't trusted him, trust him today. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. That's the gift we're talking about, the gift of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus Christ, put your faith in him today. And Christian friend, if you have put your faith in God, 
Keep on following the star. Keep on doing right. Keep on paying attention to the word of God. Even after the star's gone, these wise men still paid attention to God's word. Secondly, they were wise, and they give us a great example of wisdom because they followed through. They followed through. They kept on following until they could not follow any longer. Then they paused only to receive truth from Herod, and then the star came back. It wasn't an easy trip. They traveled many miles. It wasn't five miles for them. Matter of fact, I did a little research on this, and man, it's all over the place. But historically speaking, it, uh, it's about, um, well, even right now, it's a, a, by car, which they had camel, uh, but by car, 651 miles from, uh, if we look at Baghdad, Babylonia, to um, uh, Jerusalem. But by a camel, it could be 700 miles 687 miles, if they, if they would go through the Syria, Syrian desert. But they probably followed the Euphrates River to Syria, and then they would go south towards Bethlehem. That was over 1,000 miles. Now, how many of you ever, anybody here ever ridden a camel? Any camel? Few people have ridden a camel, all right? Great. Let me see those hands again one more time. Okay. Do you think you could ride a camel for 15 miles in a day? 15, 15. Because if you did it in 15 miles a day, it'd take you 10 to 12 weeks. If you did it in, you know, you can just figure it out. They say uh, if they rode 30 miles a day continuously, then they could have done it in five to six weeks. 15 miles a day, 10 to 12 weeks. But then I read most people couldn't ride a camel more than 10 miles a day. And as I've seen camels, I don't think I would want to ride one more than from here to the back doors. The point is, they followed through. Even the hardship of riding a camel, huh? Yeah. The Magi were seeking the king of the Jews and nothing stopped them. They, uh, not, not even the opposing king of the Jews, Herod. Remember, Herod wasn't a descendant of Jacob but of Esau, which meant that he wasn't a full-blooded Jew. And so he did not want this new king of the Jews. We know that because he would, would put a decree that all children two years old and below would be killed to take care of that. The star, many theories about the star. Let me just say, couldn't the God that created the heavens and earth create a star for the uh, Magi to follow? Huh? How many believe he could, huh? Yeah, if he could create the universe and throw all the stars in space, and he could put another star up there easy enough, put, hang earth in place. Uh, and some folks say, well, 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 uh, you know, uh, hey, listen, uh, yeah, we, we can figure this out. You always have to have guys that want to try to figure everything out. Go back to the faith for a second. And, uh, you know, Bob was talking about being, uh, having critical thinking. I'm all for it. But I'm not for critical people. And sometimes critical thinkers become critical people because everything they do, they become critical of. You have to be very careful with that. And uh, I know when Bob said it, I don't have any problem because he's not critical. He's very 
much involved in the cause of Christ, and I praise the Lord for that. But it could have been, some, from, some people say, it could have been a conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn and Mars. In 6 B.C., there was that conjunction. And uh, I'll say, okay, but couldn't God create a star and put it up there for the wise men? Oh, yeah, he sure could have. The important thing is that these wise men followed through. They followed through. What are you getting to, Pastor? Oh, you'll hear it in just a minute. They followed through. God doesn't give us stars today to find Jesus. He gives us his word, the word of God. We have his word to lead us to him, and we have his word to lead us through life. Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, and I was just going to give you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but I want to go back, and I want you to notice with me Proverbs 3, starting with verse number 1. Proverbs 3, starting with verse number 1. My son, forget not my law, word, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon thy, uh, the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. In their journey, following through, a great example of pressing on in our Christian lives. In our journey of life, even in this segment of COVID-19, 2020, no, it's not just 2020. I heard the president-elect say the other day, I think we'll be done with this by next year at this time. Let's look at the word. Let's let the word encourage our hearts. Let's let the word comfort our hearts. Psalm 119, verse number 28. Write this one down. You'll love it. Psalm 119, verse number 28. My soul melted, meldeth for heaviness. Huh? Oh, there was heaviness this past week. Strengthen thou me according into, unto thy word. My soul meldeth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according unto what? Thy word. The news? Scientific data? Some government official? Some preacher? No, the word. The word of God. Let us settle your heart. Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This past Tuesday, I officiated Paul Heider's funeral. It was a committal service at Roselawn. After the service, Kathy's brother, Kathy Heider's brother said, remember this, I think you'll remember this. She said, uh, he said, Everybody's quiet. 
And I started to leave, and he says, thank you, Pastor. That was good. That's the first in-person Bible message I've heard in months. And I said, the word of God is good. It's so good. Think about it for a second. So many have been cloistered because of COVID-19. And I understand that more than you might think. As a pastor, I get it. It wears on me. I get it. But I want to tell you, when you can get back to you that are streaming, get back. You need God's word. You need church. You need to get your focus back. And you lose some of that focus online. Listen, if I were to come down today and go back there to Wayne Shrim, right there on the, uh, on the break there, and preach this entire message right in front of him and Sherry, they'd even get more from this message than they would get now. When you're first, when you're face to face, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's not the distractions. Well, there's some distractions. Some of you are still looking at your phone. Some of you are still playing around with garbage that you ought not be playing around with. The Holy Spirit should be controlling your thought life right now and should be controlling you so you can get as much of the sacred word of God as you can. Could I hear an amen there? Streaming is not the same, but if you have to, you have to. I talked to some good folks this week, and Kathy and I have been in contact with some of the folks that haven't been able to come. Stay focused. Get all the distractions out of the way. Follow through. Grow your faith. Don't let your faith stop just because of COVID-19. Grow your faith. Listen attentively and follow through. Fellowship, man, I, I, I think fellowship is so important. We're social beings. Uh, I heard a doctor uh, on the news yesterday when I was trying to get the weather, and he was on there, and he was saying, they were saying, well, what do you think about the vaccines? And he said, oh, they're all good and everything. He said, well, uh, will you think that in the future, and they were showing how flu cases of last year were higher than flu cases this year because people are wearing masks. And, um, and they said, uh, uh uh, that, uh, yeah, that, that's good. Well, do you think this mask wearing? He said, well, we're social people. And we need socialization. If we don't have that, it messes us up. You can do that at six feet. You can do that. And I encourage you to do that at six feet. Don't take chances. But listen, follow through. Hear it. Apply it. Live it. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Keep on pressing. Keep on following the word of God. Keep on recognizing that i got to grow my faith. This is not what life's about temporarily here on planet earth. It's about eternity. And giving account to the Jesus that came as a babe in the manger who would be my judge. A loving judge. One that I don't want to disappoint. It's a point on a man who wants to die and after death the judgment. 
We'll all be before, we'll all, uh, we'll all stand before the judgment seat, the beam seat of Christ, if we know Christ is our Savior. What was the start? It was a constant reminder of God's prophecies and of God's promise. What is this book? It's a constant reminder of God's prophecies and God's promises and God's love for us and God's encouragement. And God knows us better than anyone else because he created us. Thank God for the word of God. Oh, how we need Christians to stay on track, even in the interruption of COVID. Do what you can do to keep following the Lord Jesus Christ. This past week, were you following the star? What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, were you in the word of God? Did, did you have daily devotions? Did you get on your knees and pray? Did you get on your knees and thank God and just praise his name? Did you, did you send out some tracks in your Christmas cards? Or did you, when you were filling up with gas and you saw the uh, service attendant there, did you, did you hand him a track? Did you, while you were at the pump, maybe sing a, a, a Christmas carol? Not like I'd sing it, but like it should be sung. Did you tell somebody about Jesus? Maybe somebody called you. They had a need. and They know you're a Christian. Did you tell them? God's in control. God can help you. Telling others about how you found Jesus. We see a bunch of smart guys in Matthew chapter 2 who weren't wise. They knew about Jesus, but they didn't make Jesus a priority. They had the info and the prophecies, but ignored them. They had no faith. Absolutely no follow-through. Jesus was five miles away. They may have uh, done very good on their ECT test or whatever other test they took before they could get into seminary. But they, uh, they weren't very wise. They were religious, but they weren't very wise. They ignored Jesus. So often in even churches like ours, we see folks who know a lot about the Bible, but they don't follow through. They don't grow their faith. They don't pass, they don't share their faith. These wise men from the East truly gave us a great example of wisdom with their follow through. But Herod's smart men were anything but wise. Again, just like today, we have all kinds of people who know about Jesus, who know about the word of God, but they don't follow the word of God. There's not the follow through. What they know is hidden, hidden in tradition. What they know is hidden, hidden in religion. Or perhaps, like Herod's smart men, they just don't follow through. Because that would have interfered with their plans. Hmm. Their plans, their jobs, their promotion, their popularity, their prosperity. And they didn't want to rock the boat. Maybe you should say rock the Christmas tree. 
and want to do it. Let me say, when you uh, accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you decide to be a Christian, that change is good. Every change is good. Every change is wholesome. Every change is, is for your betterment. Every change will benefit you for all eternity. It's not enough just to hear it, but follow through with it. Follow through with it. It was a pretty neat committal service I had at the National Cemetery down in Holly, Michigan, Great Lakes National Cemetery. It was pretty neat because my friend, Lonnie Florida, your friend, my friend and your friend, they had us right in front of a lake. Can you believe that? Right in front of the lake. I walk out of the car, I walk down, there's a lake right here. There's a big monument here and then they put the body, and we know that Lonnie wasn't there because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. All God's people said. Amen. I looked back at that lake and I saw stones, big rocks and stones. I'm thinking to myself, I think I hear Lonnie talking to me. He wants me to go get my telescoping pole out of the back of my car and put some line on that and throw that out and try to catch a smallmouth for him. So I said that to the crowd and they all just started laughing. Yeah, I know. Listen, I'm glad I didn't stop there. I'm glad he didn't stop there. I'm glad that we know and follow through that. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Jesus has a follow through for us even at death. Yeah. I thought, let me say this. You don't do much fishing, do you, Butch? If you got your fishing pole like this and you don't follow through, you got to cast it. Mary gave me one of his bait caster poles that's in my office. Jackson went in there this morning and said, Hey, Grandpa, I didn't know you had a bait caster. I said, I just got it. It's from my friend Lonnie Florida. But that pole won't be any good at all if you don't follow through and cast it. Right, Brian? You got to cast it. That's the follow through. But third, some of you are wondering, third, wow, it's six minutes till. I got, I got something in the crock pot. I got to get that thing out. We got anything in the crock pot, honey? What we got in the crock pot? We got, we got a roast in the crock pot. All right, I'll be done in six minutes. <laughs> Notice here a third, their favor. Their true gratitude. It was seen through their worship and their gifts. At this point in Jesus' life, he was two years old, maybe two and a half. The gifts weren't very appropriate. Think about this for a second. The Messiah, they, they, they weren't appropriate for a two-year-old, but they were for a Messiah, for the King of the Jews, for Jesus, the Savior of the world. They were prophetic. The first gift was the gift of gold. That's a gift for a king. Jesus is the king of kings. 
Revelation chapter 1, verse number 5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Revelation chapter 19, verse number 16, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords. Second gift, not for a two and a half year old baby, but for a king, for a priest. Frankincense. That was a valuable gift, but not for a baby. It was for a priest. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Then third, this gift wasn't a gift for a two-year-old. Now, this is what a two-year-old would want. Nor would a two-year-old's mother want anyone to give their two-year-old this gift. Why? Because it was the gift of myrrh. Myrrh. That's what they use for spices for a death. Myrrh. That means he would die. We know Jesus would give his life so that we might have life. What a great example. These wise men. Well, Christmas confronts us and affects us. It makes us either more like Herod and the high priests and scribes or more like the wise men. Come December the 26th, we'll be different in some degree. Whether we're more like Herod and his group or more like the wise men who had faith and follow through, who had favor with Jesus and rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This Christmas will change you. You'll not be the same afterwards. You will either be better for it Or worse for it. You will either be closer to your Savior because of Christmas or further away. Will your heart become softer or harder? Will you see Him in all His glory or will you clarity be fogged with your wrong thinking and your wrong activities. You know what, Christian? Let's embrace Jesus. Let's strengthen our faith. Let's say, uh, I'm going to have a stronger faith. I'm going to have greater follow-through. I want God to use me during this Christmas season.
great favor with my Savior Jesus Christ as I give in gratitude glory to him. And he sees my earthly efforts and blesses them that I might be to the praise of his glory. If you're here today without Jesus as your Savior, my hope for you is that you'll receive Christ as your Savior. If you are saved, my hope for you is you'll take the wise example and run with it. Father, I thank you for this time you've given us this morning and for your word. And Father, we know there's power in your word. It shall not return void. And I pray, dear God, that you would speak to our hearts today and that much would be accomplished for your honor and glory for all eternity's sake. I pray for Christians today that need to get some things right with you. I pray today, dear God, that they would say, you know what? I, I'm going to get some things right with my God today. I haven't had the faith I should. I haven't had the follow through. There's not the exceedingly great joy in my heart that there should be. Father, I pray today that much good would come from the example we've read, the word of God that we apply to our hearts today. And I pray, Father, for people that don't know Christ as their Savior, I pray today would be their day of salvation. And Father, bless in this time of decision. Continue to speak to hearts. Move in our midst. Father, may we stay focused. May we see what's really valuable in realms of eternity. In the realm of eternity. In Jesus' name, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. How many can see with the uplifted hand, Pastor Jackson, I know if I were to die today that I'd go to heaven. I know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm on my way to heaven. Jesus has saved me from my sin. I am so thrilled that I am a Christian. Would you slip your hands up in the quietness of the moment while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around. God bless you all over the auditorium. You'd say, Pastor, I was not able to raise my hand and I'd like you to remember me in prayer. I need Christ. I need to receive Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I need the gift of God in my life. Pray for me. Could I pray for you today? Would you slip your hand up? Could I pray for you? Could I remember you in prayer? Just let me pray for you. My prayer will not get you to heaven, but you'll be taking the first step, recognizing your need. Just the other day at the funeral, Lonnie's funeral, a young man raised his hand and received Christ as his Savior. You can do the same, friend. If you're watching online, just pray that prayer of forgiveness. Ask God, ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sin. The Bible makes it so, it's so clear. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon his name today. And then give us a call. Call us here at the church. Let us know about it. We'll be glad to send you follow-up material or send someone out to drop follow-up material off at your house or we'll mail it to you. We'll do whatever we can do to help you grow your faith. Christian friend, you'd say today, the word of God spoke to my heart, Pastor. And I'd like you to remember me in prayer as I'm going to take this wise example and apply the truth from God's word to my heart. I want to be wise 
during this Christmas season and throughout the rest of my life. Remember me in prayer. Would you slip your hands up in the quietness of the moment? God bless you and God bless you. Just slip them up and slip them down. God bless you. God bless you all over the building. Now, right now, right now, bow your head and seal that decision you're making. Write it down in your Bible. Write it down on a piece of paper. Remember it. Then follow through with it, friend. Follow through with it. Don't let it stop here at the auditorium of Community Baptist Church. Take it out of here and live it. Now, Father, we thank you again for your word and the power of it. Continue to use it. Thank you for the decisions that were made. Pray you be with Christians all about the building that have made good decisions today. Pray, Father, that we'd hear of some being saved today. In Jesus' name, amen.